Dr. Kyle Dumpert. We're here with a good friend of mine, Chase Fetters, Dr. Chase Fetters. Uh, we went through all the dental school together at same same group. So we were literally side by side through all four years of dental school together. Uh, and he's here to talk to us about uh, his experience with the military and uh, how they treated him with his dental career and helping to get where he is today. So uh, welcome, Dr. Fetters. Uh, give us a, a little bit of a background about yourself. Well, hey, guys, you know, I'm happy to be here with you and thank you for inviting me out to the show. Uh, I am a or was a Navy dentist for six years. Uh, my wife is also a dentist. She was not taking the dental route through the Navy or the military in any way. Um, so we were dental school sweethearts and we, uh, both did a short residency program. I did an AGD. My wife did an AGD or a, uh, uh, a, um, I did AGD and she did a GPR. I'm sorry. Uh, and, uh, we were down here in South Carolina and, uh, I'm excited to talk about the Navy and give you guys all the juicy details since I'm out now. <laughs> all right. Well, let's start with this, right? So we know that dental school is expensive. Right, so your options are either you get a full ride, which n no one really gets. Right, you get you go through the Army, Navy, uh, Air Force, right, which is what you did, or mm -hmm. you get a rich mother, father, uncle, cousin, brother, <laughs> and, they, and they pay they pay for dental school, right? Uh, and so ninety nine point nine percent people don't get that rich uncle, father, you know, or a scholarship. So the Navy is a great opportunity, and I guess also the uh, the the Indian res reservation. They, they do that as well, where yeah. you can actually go through that as well. But let's talk about, you know, do you think that going through the armed services is a good idea with the increase in dental costs and dental school costs? Well, well, first off, let me tell you, uh, you know, I, I wasn't a huge fan of doing the whole military process. However, I would absolutely do it again. I absolutely would because it's such a fantastic deal. Um, I definitely would not go career in the military, but I would do it again for sure for financial reasons. No, nothing when, beats coming out without debt. When when did you start the whole process of you know applying for the program, uh, and what what did that look like? So I, I actually started a little late. So I I thought uh, if I applied after I got accepted into dental school, that would give me plenty of time, uh, mm -hmm. and it was not plenty of time. I actually missed out on half of a year of the scholarship because they ran out. The scholarships go quickly. So you should actually get um, essentially the entire process finished before you apply or before you uh, get accepted in. Oh, wow. Okay. Okay. So what happens if, let's just say, you know, uh, you, you apply and you don't get into a dental school, then is that just like you just get dropped off and then the you just line? Get, essentially get dropped off. Yes, okay. exactly. Okay. So what what was your uh, once you got accepted into the program uh what were the requirements while you were going to school was it you know uh any kind of or navy training that you had to do uh take you away from school what kind of benefits did they give you while you were in school what was that about so there's a lot of benefits. So first off, a lot of people don't realize this, but there's actually two different programs, scholarship programs that you can get into. Um, there's the one I did, which is the HSCP, 
which is the Navy Health Service Collegiate Program. And then there's also the HCSP, and I'm honestly not sure what that stands for, but that's the one I didn't do. Um, the one I did uh, is essentially it's a, a $2,000 stipend a month, um, and your requirements during dental school are almost nothing. So I did virtually nothing while I was in dental school. I almost you know, forgot that I was in the military. Um, they pay for all of your books, all of your dental supplies, and they pay for everything. Um, and, and then the 2000 only, on top of that. And then, and then 2000 on top of that every month. Uh, okay. Now, uh, the only thing that you could do in that program during dental school is go to the ODS training if you'd like. Uh, uh, you know, I would say about half of people do that about halfway through dental school during that break after second year. Um, I myself just waited till I was done dental school. And I went to the the officer training school then. Okay, ODS is officer training? Yeah, it's officer development school. It's essentially a a really dumbed-down version of boot camp. Uh, It's it's for staff officers. So as a a dental officer in the military, you're considered part of the staff corps. Uh, And that's with lawyers, nurses, doctors, nukes, uh, essentially specialists, non-line officer uh, members of the officer community. Okay. Um, and so you have a higher so, ranking than someone coming straight from like high school into the uh, definitely. So so I I came into the military as as a lieutenant, which is a third ranked up from bottom officer. So it's it's pretty nice. It is. Um. The now to get back on what I was talking about, the other program is a little different. So you come in as uh during the dental school program, you'll come in as a, as a chief, which is an E6. So it's an enlisted member and you get that salary while you're in the military. So it's much higher than the $2,000 a month stipend. So it's better for like, if you have a family member, uh, or like you need to support a family or something, it's not just you. Um, now the downside to that is they don't pay for your school. So you get that salary Mm -hmm. and you still have to take out loans. Really? Yes. So why would anybody so, choose the second route when uh, the average dental school cost is close to three hundred thousand? I did. They're crazy because I never <laughs> would. But it, put it out. I mean, I I knew one person who did that, and the entire time I was with that girl in the military, she would complain about having to pay off her loans. Right. So it, I I guess it's better for someone again if you have a big family and you can't survive off of that two thousand dollar month. This is a way to make full like essentially a full salary as though you were working uh while you're just in school. Okay. I, I guess that's kind of the draw. And also if you're going career in the military, um my time in dental school did not count towards my term of service. But if you do the HCSP program, the time that you're in dental school counts towards your years in service. So if you want to retire earlier, um, it's a good way to rack up four extra years in the service without um, without actually doing anything. <laughs> and how long is that boot camp that you were talking about? So the boot camp's about five weeks, and again, it's 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 significantly easier than. Uh, if you were to do the officer candidate school, which is what a line officer would do, that we saw those guys every day, and man, they got treated like crap. They really did. <laughs> so I, I was thanking my lucky stars I came in as uh, in the ODS program. So you guys, uh, were, that, you guys were getting like good coffee while they were getting like whatever. <laughs> I wouldn't, I wouldn't go that far, but they, they were definitely getting screamed at a lot more than us. So uh, we were getting yelled at by chiefs, and we outranked them. Everyone, I mean, every single person there that they were yelling at outranked them. So it was kind of hard for them to get too too hard on us. 
Are, are there any physical requirements? Like you, you think military and you know, you're passing PT and all, all that stuff. Is there uh, being an officer coming out of dental school? Do you have to maintain those same physical requirements? Yeah, so I, I did not uh, get any physical requirements during my time in dental school. However, during ODS, they made sure that you meet the uh, you know the physical requirements, which is essentially a certain time on a mile and a half run, a certain amount of push-ups, a certain amount of sit-ups, all based on uh, age and uh, gender, and then um, uh, weight. There was a, a like a body mass calculation that they would do. Um, if you were under a certain weight, you just kind of passed. If you were over a certain weight, then they would tape you. Essentially, they'd like measure parts of your waist and chest and do some random calculation to determine if you were fat. <laughs> <laughs> body shaming people already. Um, yes, exactly. We don't we don't like pairs in the military. Right? Yes, not. Uh, let's talk about let's talk about your opportunities once you got out. Once you got out, you had an opportunity to go to a place. And yep. basically, sir, how give us a rundown of how that whole process was. Did you get to just pick like, hey, I'm going to go to Hawaii, or I'm going to go to you know, I don't know, uh, San Diego, or whatever. So you have a you have a lot more clout in where you go than you would if you were just uh, like enlisted out of high school. You know, you have a lot more choice. Uh, I, however, did a, the residency program, so I did a military Navy uh, AGD, and uh, uh, I was very limited on where I could go because I did that. Um, uh, in the military, in my time, I spent six years. Again, I pretty much got my first choice every time. Now I wasn't requesting crazy things. It's a lot harder to go to you know Italy and Hawaii. And those fill up quickly, um, so you really don't always get those. Um, but you know, there's some stinkers out there that you that people were you know trying to avoid, and and the goal was to just kind of not get those spots, at least for me. What what kind of stinkers? Where where were uh, those places? Ship, I didn't. I wanted to avoid a ship at all costs. Um, okay. So the ships, especially out of Norfolk, was, was yeah. that base. I've heard terrible things about um, people trying to avoid that. Uh, you know, and, and just trying to stay off a ship again because the living quarters are terrible. You get stuck at sea for very long times away from your family, uh, and definitely something I was trying to avoid. And luckily, I was able to. So, with the uh, with the payback that you owe the military for them paying for the four years of your dental school, what, what's the what, what's the time frame that you have to give them back, and what added? What did your AEGD add to it so uh it's a year for a year essentially so every year dental school that they pay for you give them a year of active duty service now there's a lot of caveats to that that they don't tell you um first off you require double that amount of time in some sort of reserve capacity so you can choose inactive reserve or you can choose an active reserve but you require essentially eight years if they do four years of dental school you uh, need to do four years of active service and then uh four additional years of either continuing on active duty or doing some sort of reserve uh, i okay. chose the inactive reserves um, i was in for six years uh, you know, part of that was because of my residence program that I did counted as a nothing year. So it does not count as payback if you did an AGD or a GPR. Um, okay. It's essentially a nothing year. Now, are they, are they paying you more for that year at your residency or are you still yep. getting that same 2000 stipend a month? Well, so, so, so now, yeah. So what, the second you get out of dental school, uh, you go from an ensign, which is an O one to coming into active duty. I, you, Get automatically promoted to a lieutenant, which is an O three. So the pay so grade goes up. Pay bump. 
Yep. Okay. Now, the pay in the military works very oddly as well. Um, you get a, a base salary, which is very, very low, um, and then you get stacks of bonuses on top of that. So you get a bonus for being a dentist. You get a bonus for having a, a license in a state. Uh, you get a housing allowance. And then you get a food allowance and all this, you know, some of those portions are tax free, which makes a big deal, you know, when it comes to paying right. your taxes. Um, but it's, it's all about adding up all of those bonuses essentially. And then if you specialize and become a periodontist or an endodontist or something like that, then you get an additional specialty bonus. Um, okay. and that's kind of how you gain money over time. And well, they do bonuses for fellowship with AGD and uh, I, mastership. Also, is that right? I, I, I did, I got absolutely no bonus for doing my AGD. And honestly, uh, you know, to level with you, I would not have done it if I would have known what it was about. Okay. Uh, it was a nothing year. It kept me from getting out and I really didn't learn much more than, uh, it, so essentially when you get out of dental school, they force you to do a credential tour, which they don't tell you. So essentially your first year out in active duty, you are doing a credential tour, which is essentially a residency program. And they just don't, you just don't get a fancy piece of paper at the end. You still go on rotations through like the oral surgery departments. Uh, you, you do a bunch of little things that they don't tell you that they're going to make you do. But essentially you're yeah. another school, you have another year of dental school. Wow. And okay. why do you, why do you think they do kind of, I mean, it sounds like they're forcing you to go one more year instead of just starting the clock on how much time you owe back. They they want them they they want they paid money for you so they want you to stay in as long as possible so they they really push the residency program they talk about how great it is and how wonderful it is because they want people to do it. Um, they they want people they paid the money they want you to stay in the military as long as possible. And and how does the residency help them? So, so the residency it makes you more competent. It makes you more deployable. Uh, it makes you better able to treat the active duty members, and it commits you to staying an extra year in the military. So it's a lot of benefit for them. So let's talk about so the average dentist, right? And that, and again, Kyle, maybe you can correct me on this, but the average dentist makes about a hundred and forty, hundred and fifty. Yeah. Thousand yeah, I year, think that's right? about right. Yeah. Yeah. If you're an owner, you make close to 200,000 if you own your own dental practice. Okay. So the question I have for you is, is that, is that comparable to what you were getting paid in the, um, in the Navy? Uh, no, it was not. Uh, now again, part of my salary was tax free, which, you know, is a little bump to it, but I was making somewhere between, uh, 80 to 100. Okay. When I was in the military. So significantly lower. But you don't have the, the 300000 in student it, it, loans coming exactly, out. Which, which is, again, why I said, even though I didn't like the military, I would have done it again in a heartbeat. Because if you tack that, how much general school was to each year and right. all the interest you pay, it, I mean, it's a great deal. It just, yeah. I, I just personally think it's crazy to stay on after. Yeah. Yeah, compared to what you, the extra money you can make in private practice, it's, uh, yeah, definitely, unless you're trying to, Go for that twenty-year commitment and be have somebody else take care of everything. Um, yeah, I can see how it'd be crazy to stay in it. But um, here's a question: um, When it comes to what you actually did as a dentist in the Navy, did you feel like they utilized your expertise? Right, because when you get out of dental school, you do a residency. You can do a lot more. You can do maybe bigger cases and so forth. Right, and I know that the Navy has specialists in there. They do they limit you on what you could do? Absolutely, they, okay. it, 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 a lot. Again, a lot of this matters what base you're at. 
because every base is very different. So um, they very much so limit what you do. I mean, they they want the specialists doing all the endo. They want the specialists doing all the crowns. Um, I, you're mainly on an amalgam line, and they love amalgam in the military. Uh, so, I mean, the vast, vast majority of what the dental work you're doing is fillings and diagnosis exams. Wow. And so vast, vast majority. Wow. Okay, so so why do you think that they they limit you so much? Because I mean, you would think about it, right? You have the the paycheck of the government. I mean, right. they they waste enough as we speak, right? Uh, so why would they limit you on what you could do? This is the opportunity for you to literally do any and everything you want to do, right? That's not it's, it's not your office. So you don't have to watch it overhead. It, it, because uh, honestly, they're they're overstaffed. I think that there's a lot of specialists and there's a lot of general dentists and you know, there's not as much work to go around. Um, they, they, they don't want to spend a ton of money on crowns and things like that. So they'll have us do these giant fillings and amalgam buildups on these teeth. Uh, you know, and it's, I, I can't, I don't want to speak for them why they're doing it, but there, there's tons of specialists just sitting around and, and, to why not have them do the root canal versus a general dentist you know it's less liability for the government as well if you know if we stink at doing it we're not quite as good um mm-hmm. you know there's tons of oral surgery you know uh, oral surgeons at every base so at least the bases i was at so there's no shortage of specialists we'll put it that way is there the opportunity for you to maybe stand in or shadow the specialist and, and try and pick up some skills that you might want to take into private practice with you? Absolutely. So that is definitely something that you can do. And that was one of the things that I was really pushing for as I got out. But it's one of the things where if you don't ask, you don't get it. And you really got to kind of push and get in there. Um, you know, I, I was working at Paris Island before I got out and the, on the uh, Marine recruits that come in. And there's a lot of wisdom teeth that need to come out there. So mm-hmm. doing some, I was really pushing to get some rotations through there. Um, and I, and I was able to get some, but it's all about knowing the right person to get in there. So, so whenever the active duty, um, male or female gentlemen or women are in your base, right? They're not there for a long, long period of time. Are they, are they there for like two, three, four, five, six years? So that was one of the frustrating things and actually one of the main reasons why I was getting out as well. Um, they don't want you essentially staying in any base longer than three years. They want to shuffle things up. The military loves to keep people moving around to different bases, keeping everything fresh. So about every three to two years, you are getting new orders to a new base. And my wife being a dentist, she was getting a new license every two years. She was having to find a whole new patient base every two years. She just didn't want to put up with it. So she was a driving force to me getting out of the military as well. But having to move every couple of years is tough on a family, tough on kids. It's just tough. And it, it, you're forced to, essentially. So really, you don't make much of a connection with your patient pool, right? You don't get to start a uh, procedure or you don't get to start a, a big case and finish the big case. What about the specialists? Do they get to be? Are they being moved around that much? They're being moved around that much. Yes. Oh, so they might. You might start something on a patient, and then somebody else might have to finish it. Absolutely. Okay. Now, are are these more? uh, You you said about you're doing a lot of, or the general dentists are doing more amalgams, giant buildups. So this isn't really something where you're restoring somebody to ideal dental health where if they have you know roundhouse cavities you're, you're not going to be putting crowns on everything and doing a big case it's more 
keep them healthy enough to function and not fall apart when if they get deployed? Is that a, a fair assumption? I, I mean, I, I, I worked a lot with uh, recruits coming in, especially recently before I got out. And a lot of this is they're not there very long. So to do a lot of crowns and, and major buildups on these people, it, it's tough because they're leaving in a couple weeks. Um, however, okay. that being said, uh, I'm going to be honest, you know, the amalgam buildups, if you do a good amalgam buildup, it's it's pretty functional. I mean, there's nothing wrong with it. You're doing cuspal coverage amalgam. Uh, right. You know, I, we didn't see too many failures of those, to be honest. So I, I didn't feel too badly about doing those. As long as they're good and you do a good job and you know what you're right. doing. Okay. Um, it's not It's not the pretty thing in the world. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's talk about, you know, I mean, we, I want to hear some good stuff. Right? So let's talk about the amount of time you had. Right? If you go into a corporate dentistry, you are literally just based on how many people can you see in that hour, two hours, or whatever it may be, right? Did you feel like you were pressured to see a large amount of people, or did you have enough time to do those beautiful uh, amalgams you, like you, you had did in dental school? <laughs> Honestly, you're not overworked at all in the military, again, because it, you, I felt like things were very overstaffed. You had a lot of time. And honestly, they're a lot. They're great patients. They really are. Um, the active duty members and, and recruits are very appreciative of the dental work that you're doing. They're great patients that listen, and they, they really work with you. And you have a lot of time to do great restorative work. You really do. So it kind of take, it takes out... The financial aspect, which a lot of you know anybody else in the private or that has their patients paying for it out of pocket, takes that whole consideration out. So I, I assume the everybody's just coming in saying, you know, whatever you recommend, we're we're gonna we're gonna do. Is that right? Exactly, exactly. And and they're and all they, young and healthy, not on any medications. I mean, they all show up to their appointments. Oh they're, yes, they do. <laughs> I, I can't imagine they'd be no showing for a government appointment. Well, it, I, I got more no-shows, you know, at, um, at, when I was at a base that was not a recruit depot. The recruit depot, they had to show up. They bust okay. everybody in in the morning. The Everyone for the entire day came in in the morning, and they just sat around all day till they got seen. And they loved it, too, because it was the air conditioning and everything. They thought it was great. <laughs> so they this, wanted to be there. This is, this is awesome. <laughs> I wonder if I could just bust all my patients in the morning. <laughs> so I have to, now you give me some great ideas. Like I wish I could just bust all my patients in and be like, "Yeah, Mr. Smith, this is your ass here until the end of all that." You know, I'll call you when I'm ready for you. You know, what I mean? that's awesome. So, so you know, uh, whenever you get recruited, right, you're told all the beautiful things that can happen, you know, and how great it is. Let's start looking at basically the things that you wish you knew before you sign on the dotted line. What are some of the things that you wish you knew that you could maybe inform our listeners so that if they were thinking about it, now they actually have a fair uh, assessment of what they're getting themselves into? You know, there's a whole different side to military dentistry, and that's the not dentistry part of things. Uh, collateral duties, there's so much extra fluff, essentially, that is required of a dental officer that isn't dentistry. Um, you know, a quarter of what you're doing every day is not dentistry. There's tons of paperwork and trainings and uh, fluff work, essentially, dealing with the bureaucracy, paperwork, things like that. The military is also very controlling of where you go. Um, there's a lot of inbounds, out of bounds, like a, essentially a distance that you can travel from your base that is allowable and that's not allowable. So it's one thing if you have a family and you're living close by and you're not traveling very well, but you know, if, 
if you if you're visiting a you know, girlfriend or family that's far away over a holiday weekend or something like that, uh, they're very controlling of how far you can go. Uh, so you have to get special requests requests up to your commanding officer just to go out of that that range. Wow. Yep. <laughs> okay. So, um, well, let's kind of break that down. So you're telling me that whenever you're at whenever you're a dentist in there, you literally are told exactly where to go, when to go there, and so forth. Like, what about vacations? Can you just say, "Hey, I'm going on vacation," or do you have to specifically tell them where you're going to be on vacation, how long you're going to be in each location? The address, everything. You have to break it down completely to them. They're, they're, and if you want to go out of the country, uh, it takes even a step beyond that. You have to go, uh, like my honeymoon, I did in like a tropical island in the Caribbean, right? I had to do this like training of like what to do if my plane crashes in enemy territory and just ridiculous things. The ridiculous things. I'm sorry. What was that? Are we are we are we at war with the Caribbeans? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> it, was, it was just ridiculous, like, like a ton of training and paperwork that you have to do uh, to go out of country. It was it was a ton of work to do that. Um, mm-hmm. They really like to know where you are at every moment. Now, I something I remember because I, I had applied for the Navy scholarship, but uh, they ran out by the time I uh, my application went through. But something I remember them saying what or a perk that they talked about was if there's open seats on military planes that you can essentially travel for free. What was that true? Uh, that that is very true. I, I was never uh, doing that because you, it's very flexible flying. I guess you have to kind of go where the planes are going at the moment that the planes are going. But I did hear that that is something that you can do. And there's also Navy military hotels that you can do for extremely cheap and nice areas. Um, yeah. like Hawaii had a lot of them and you can get very good hotels for cheap. Oh, wow. yeah. What about, so you're traveling, you're moving from base to base, you know, from one area to the other area. What about moving? I, I've heard some stories about how you may get to your destination and your items for your house may not get there for a few weeks after that. Is that true? That is very true. So it, the the moving process is great and terrible at the same time. Uh, they it's a lot of paperwork again because the military loves paperwork to get everything set up. But essentially, how they run it is they have these guys come in and they literally pack everything for you. They do all of the packing. They come into your house, they tag everything, they document it, and they put everything in boxes. You all you do is take the pictures off the wall, and they do everything else. Um, now. Hmm. That's your awesome. shit gets broken. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> Never mind. Uh, they, uh, they bubble wrap a trash can, and then my computer. They did. They just put it in a box, and my computer just smashed to bits. And they bubble wrap the trash can. Trash can. I mean, these guys are idiots. They're, they're idiots. Um, so it, it's not the best. And depending on if you need to, if there's a, a lag time before you can pick up your goods, they'll put it in storage, and then it's a it's a crapshoot when you get it out. And that's where that's where it comes where people aren't getting their stuff for weeks. Um, the second it goes into any storage where they can't take it directly from one house to another house, um, it's 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 up in the air when you're going to get it. So do they give you a, a, a living stipend also? So. You have the option of either living on base for free versus living off base in your whatever house or apartment you want to pick. Oh, I couldn't imagine living on base. Um, there, there's so much stress 
military stress living and being on base. Uh, I I kind of am biased, though, because I I was mainly working with the Marines, but their bases are so strict. Uh, Just going to the store, you can't wear flip-flops, you can't wear, like, uh, tank tops in the stores and things like that. Just people are constantly looking for you to uh, be out of regulation. Um, so it's very stressful, but yes, to get back to your question, um, you can live on base. Not every base has the option, but they have officer housing, uh, that is completely free except for, I believe, utilities or cable or something like that. Uh, I, again, I never was one that did this, but I had some friends that did do it. Um, okay. however, you lose out on your housing allowance and your housing allowance is a wonderful chunk of money that is tax tax free and uh if you undershoot how much your housing costs based on the area and this is all based on the area so if you, if you live in downtown DC the the housing allowance is significantly higher than you live in like Alabama or something like that but okay. you can comfortably live under it especially for an officer because you get paid a lot more as a dentist um, in that housing allowance, and you can shoot under it, and you're making money every month. Okay. So, well, living little, off base, little, if you're yeah. smart about it, you can make money. When it comes to um, the way, you know, when when it comes to specializing, right? So you're in the you're in the Army, Navy, you know, Air Force, or whatever it may be, and you want to specialize. For you, as the Navy, how does that transition? Do they encourage you to want to, you know, specialize? Even though there's a lot of, you know, specialists and bases, as you as you said earlier. And what is they the process absolutely for do. Uh, I'm sorry, what was that? And what's the process for, you know, hey, I want to specialize. What do I need to go through to get to that level? So it, it, specializing in the military is significantly easier than specializing out of the military, except for um, ortho, which is extremely difficult in the military. It's easier out of the, uh, out of the military. Uh, and oral surgery. Oral surgery is probably on par. I would say with that, how difficult it is to get outside. Um, they definitely promote it. Um, they're begging people to do endo and perio and pros in the military. Now, also, the military has made up specialties. So they have their own specialties what? that they consider specialties that the rest of the world does not consider specialties. Okay, uh, let's dive into that. Comprehensive dentistry. Is, is, That's is, a specialty. That is a specialty <laughs> in the military. What does that so, mean? Okay. It is essentially a two-year program where you just do more dentistry, and you get really, really good at it. And the military loves it, and they uh, they give you a bonus for doing it. So you just so do does bigger amounts. Does the comprehensive dentist are they able to do root canals and oral surgery and uh, perio treatments? So they, uh, you know, they they're just more likely to get worse spots i think worse worse orders is that they're going to get the orders to places where there are less specialists and they'll kind of they're fill-in specialists i guess is how the military views them so they're kind of like don't do that yeah well i mean i mean kurt kurt erickson from our uh, dental school went straight into comp right after um i mean it did i mean it it all depends you know if if you want to go career in the military it's a great way You, you essentially have to specialize to make captain nowadays so if you want to become an 06 which is really the highest uh rank you could get as a, a dental officer in the military there's i think one dental admiral and but you're never going to do that i mean most people will retire as a captain and you know being a captain's pretty cush so uh it, it really the only way to do it is to specialize so they definitely promote it um but again to get back to your original question you know the process of of 
getting into specialties beyond dentistry. It's much more than your grades in that. It's also how good of an officer you are. Um, and more than how good of an officer you are, it's more how good of an officer are you on paper because they love their paper in the military. <laughs> and you're, you're, they call it fit reps. Essentially, it's a, um, you know, a brag sheet essentially where you write how, how great you are on a piece of paper and you get number rankings by your commanding officer and things. Uh, how many extra things you do outside of the, you know, the dental field. Like I was the handpiece organizer of Paris Island for the longest period of time. Your collateral dues, just things you do outside of drilling and filming. Okay. So, so basically you get an opportunity stuff. to like just brag about yourself. It really, yeah. I would do very well with that. I'd be like, you know, I was Yeah, awesome. I think you would. You know, I, I would. I'd be like, I was really good at, you know, controlling who got the handpiece. I was excellent at that. For four years, I was the, be- I was the best snitch. I, I did excellent. <laughs> they, they, don't, they love deployments, too. If you deploy, it's really good for your uh, for specialty uh, applications. So they really don't really care that much about, like, grades or level of you know, hey, it's I was part ranked. of it. Okay, it's part of it, but it's not. It's not really what they're looking for. They care much more about you being a military officer. Okay, so are they special. are they hoping that you're going to just stay on for the twenty years? Exactly. That's that's what they're hoping. When the, when because that's another. You got to think if you get in there, it's another uh, three or you know two years that they have you after the specialty program to give back. Mm-hmm. Wow. Now, as your uh, normal day being a dentist. Were you working five days a week? How many patients would you see in the morning? How how many would you see in the afternoon? What was your uh, your required time of being on base? So it it was full time. So it was five five days a week. You know, you, you, there's a lot of weird holidays that you get off, but I mean they're not that often. Um, it, you see about a patient an hour it, okay. with no with no hygiene checks. So okay. it, was, it was not quick and sometimes you, you can schedule them as long as you want uh in the recruit depot i was handed a stack of records you probably get five five or six maybe in a day and that's all you had to do the whole day you, however much you can do on them do it that was at the and, recruit depot and it wasn't scheduled appointments I, I assume the the clinics are are they nice clinics are they dated are they uh bare minimums what, what are the working conditions Pretty good. You know, I didn't have any problems with the working conditions. Uh, there's a lot of money going around in the military, so they they're not afraid to to get some some cool stuff. They had a lot of CAD CAM restorations and scanning milling units. Uh, it, it, they had a lot of stuff, so I was I never felt needing anything. Now, as far as continuing education, uh, are they pushing you to? Or are they providing all of that continuing education for you as far as licensure goes? Uh, or are they, are you allowed to, you know, go out to maybe a, a Panky or a Dawson or some of these other big name places if you wanted to learn something outside the military so and you have them those. pay for it? So you, you can do those. Um, however, it does require a lot of paperwork. Um, mm-hmm. I really liked the military, how they handled the CE. Um, I, every year was going up to Bethesda, uh, in DC and they had a great week long program where you could pick anything you wanted to do. And they would, it was just a free class. They pay for your hotel. You drive up. 
I went up with a couple friends and uh, it's just a week long course and it was great. It was the sea was wonderful. I thought they handled the sea very well in the military. So when it comes to um, you know working outside of the um, Navy or the military, like Kyle and I, if I said okay, I'm in Pennsylvania, but now I want to go to uh, you know Oregon, I want to go to another state, I have to figure out are they going to cover the NERBs, the REVs, you know whatever the uh, regional testing is. How does that work with the Navy? Like, do you just get like one big you know uh, acceptance to go anywhere and practice dentistry, or how does it work? As long as you're on the base, you can practice dentistry even without a license. Um, however, if you want, again, that, the money, the bonus money that you get for having a license, you just need a license. An example is what I did. I had a Utah state dental license because they were like $90, uh, and they gave them to you in two weeks. So uh, <laughs> I, I uh, it was a Utah licensed dentist for the longest time until I got out of the military. Um, all that matters is you have a license. doesn't matter where it's from, um, and you get the bonus, or you know you don't even need a license if you're working on a military base. You just, you just get paid less. Hey. Can you, if you wanted to make more money, uh, say you, you felt like you weren't getting paid enough, are you able to moonlight, say, on the weekends and work private practice while you are full-time military? Yes, it is possible to do that. Uh, they limit greatly how many hours you can put into it. And again, tons and tons of paperwork. And you need a formal request going up to the CEO. I know somebody, I won't say any names, that did some moonlighting and got caught doing it without doing the paperwork, and they were kicked out of the military oh, and had wow. to pay and had to pay back their money. Yep, you serious? Ooh. So they're very strict about their paperwork. Okay, how, okay. Well, let's let's transition to something discipline, right? What do you have to do to be kicked out? Minus what you just gave us. In the <laughs> <laughs> Minus uh, that. What do you, I mean? Is it really to the point where like I mean, any left turn that you make, you're going to be kicked? No, no. I, I, there's a lot of disciplining, you know, smaller levels of disciplining. Um, there, you know, the, to get kicked out, the biggest thing you see is DUIs. You get a DUI, you're almost guaranteed to get kicked out of the military. Other than that, or doing something grossly negligent, you know, you d tend not to get kicked out. I mean, I, there's there were some people pulling out wrong teeth, and they were staying there and. They just kind of moved them to a desk job. <laughs> I mean, I, you're laughing, but that's actually what they did. That's actually wow. what they did. So huh. you're not going to kicked out for being a bad dentist or being extremely slow because they, they have plenty of those people in the military. Well, okay, let's, let me ask then. I mean, I, I know that's not the case, but do you think the quality of dentistry that goes through the uh, military on a level of like 1 to 10, you know, where would you rank? It, it it's it's hard to say. Uh, you know, I don't think it's any different than in private practice. I okay. think there's some people that are absolutely terrible, and I think that there's some great dentists. Okay. Now, also, there's a certain type of dentist that's going to stay in the military and go career. And, you know, I think the higher up you get, other other than specialist, that you know, is general dentist, I think the less of a quality you're going to get. I think those are the people that didn't really have people skills, don't really want to go out and, and do dentistry and aren't worried about being fast and don't really care about it. Because a lot of times when you get up and rank, you don't really do much dentistry. And again, unless you're a specialist, you do very little dentistry at all. You know, those, those old captains that, you know, just sit around and do paperwork and check their email all day. So they don't mm. really do much dentistry. So it, it breeds an environment of 
the longer you're in, the less dentistry you do. So people don't so, like dentistry. Was it hard to transition from being a military dentist to private practice dentist? It was, and it's hard for a lot of people. Um, I specifically in my last year really tried to push myself. I was only doing composites, um, and I was trying to be faster and, and, and get better at it. And I think that helped a whole lot. And I don't think my transition was too bad, but I know a lot of people do have trouble transitioning out because it's, it's a completely different world. You can't be an asshole to your patients. You know, yeah. you have to, you have to sell dentistry. Well, you hear that, Kyle? If you, don't, if you don't have people. Dr. Rocker can. Dr. Rocker can. Listen, it takes a special somebody to just let your patients know how, to, how you really feel about it. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, I, I mean, I, Dr. Aka and I, we did the same uh, GPR at the VA hospital, so we were doing the same uh, amalgam fillings, and right. it's a fantastic restoration, but private practice, nobody wants that. There's The, the only reason they might request it is if it's a little bit cheaper. Uh, so, yeah, if, if you're spending four years in the military and all you're doing is amalgams, you come out to private practice, I would think that would be a, a huge learning curve, not t- touching a whole lot of composites. And and only seeing one patient every hour. Yeah, yeah. That, that I, too. Yeah, I don't that even too. know. No hygiene checks. Yeah, no hygiene checks. Okay, well, so so let's talk about that, right? You said yourself and your wife are both uh, you're both uh, in the military. How was that? And 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 if you have any kids, like in, you know, or had kids when you were in there. How was that having a family uh, and, and, and and trying to, you know, do this whole moving process and all this additional stuff that you have to do? So so my wife wasn't in the military. It was just me, but she was oh, okay. stuck with me while okay. I was in the military. <laughs> fair, uh, enough. fair enough. Fair enough. It, so it, it, my view of that is it, it's the military is a great place for starting a family. However, the second you get your kids in school, like regular school, it gets very, very bad. The daycare in the military was fantastic. It was wonderful. So both my children are very young. Uh, they're not in grade school yet. So um, th- we had them in military daycare, and it was wonderful. I mean, it was, it was the cleanest, largest, nicest facility ever. The teachers were great. They learned so much. It's the thing I miss the most. And um, great. And well, no, it was not free. It's it's a oh. graded pay scale based on your rank. Oh, okay. So, uh, it, it was not free, but it, it was you know the same, if not a little cheaper than what I what we pay now. I was going to say, okay. I bet you for, for worse, way less. for worse. Yeah, you're probably paying way less because yeah. mean, that's the one thing that I think it's a crime is someone should look into it. This daycare. Okay. It, it, I'm telling you, man. Like I, I don't know how that's even legal. What they're charging. You know what I mean? Like, uh, anyway, go ahead, man. I'm sorry. So, so there's, again, <laughs> a lot of benefits to starting a family. You get a lot of time off for having the child. I, I got paternity leave. Where do you get paternity leave in life? Nowhere. Oh, you know? Yeah. Nice. So I got paternity leave. Um, when your kid is sick, uh, my kid's sick. Sorry, I got to go home. Okay. Bye. You know? Great. You know? Well, who awesome. else can you do that in life? Because yeah. there's a thousand other dentists ready, waiting in line to take up your patients, you know? It's it. You can't do that anywhere else in life. It, the flexibility of the military with with family is a lot. It really was a lot. That was one of the better things for sure. Okay. Well, now we're gonna end it here when it comes to tell us what are some of the things that you wish again you, you knew and, and and any tips that you can give people so that they're more prepared 
if they decide to go this route, they're more prepared. I mean, because a lot of, you know, uh, dental students listen. So give us a little bit of kind of knowledge that says, you know what, if you do this, this, and this, and you look out for this, this, and this, you'll be a lot more prepared than, than maybe you were when, um, you know, you were in it. So, so it all, it all matters on if you're going career or not. You know, you have an idea, you know, if, if you like it and you want to go career, you want to do the deployments. You want to do those tougher spaces. Um, if you're just looking to do four and out, which again would be my recommendation, um, you want to try to avoid those tougher spots, the ships that are going to keep you away from your family. Uh, you will find those good recruit depot bases where you're, you're, you're shore side and you're not going out. Um, you know, uh, again, I think CE is a wonderful, one of the best things about it. Uh, the family aspect is great. It, you know, it's, it, there's, there's a lot of good to it, but there's a lot of BS. You have to go into it knowing that you're going to do a lot of work outside of dentistry, that they want you to be an officer as well. Um, be, do a lot of push-ups, a lot of sit-ups because they, they love physical fitness and readiness, uh, uh, a lot of uh, running. And keeping your, your weight down is important as well because they're, they're really strict on that. Uh, that's something that they really want you to focus on. Well, all in all, I mean, aside from even though you're not making quite the money as you would in private practice, the, all the benefits just sound like it, like you said, an incre- incredible opportunity to learn some stuff, ha- ha- take some time and, you know, hone your skills. Uh, learn some extra stuff through CE and shadowing people and uh, all the other benefits that you mentioned. It, it really sounds like a definitely a, an opportunity that people should consider. Um, so is there anything that we didn't cover that you wanted to talk about? Uh, yeah, I mean, you guys hit it on the, on the head really well with that. Uh, it, it, it was a great experience. I would do it again, but you're not going to get rich doing it. It's, it's an yeah. easy job. It is a very, very easy job. Uh, as long as you don't mind paperwork, it's an easy job. And it's a great stepping stone. I, I, you know, mm-hmm. I, the, the couple years I spent in the military prepared me reasonably well. It wasn't like I'm just getting dumped out of dental school. Cause let's be honest, you don't know much coming out of dental school. Right. Um, yeah, it was, it was a great, it's a great stepping stone. It really was a wonderful stepping stone. Well, well, thank you so much for coming on and talking yes. to everybody about yes. your experience. We really appreciate it. Well, thank you guys for having me. No, honestly, really definitely appreciate it. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to Tooth Be Told. If you have any questions or comments, please email us at realdentist with an S at gmail.com. That's realdentist, R-E-A-L, dentist with an S at gmail.com. Remember, the opinions on this podcast are just that, our professional opinions. The final decision about your health should be made by you and a trusted dental professional.